I'm sick of talking about this bullshit. Every time I say some shit like that, I, I, I feel like I'm really being some egotistical dick. Yeah, this isn't coming from me. This is coming from the universe. All right. Hello, everybody. It's been a while. And it needed to be a while. Um, I needed a break, and y'all probably did too. But uh, I'm going to do kind of a two-part episode today. I'm by myself. Um, the next one, I believe the great and powerful Victoria will be back. Um, we're trying to schedule that, but I told her I wanted to go ahead and do this one. She could listen to it, and maybe we could discuss it for the next one. Um, first of all, uh, my last one, I don't know whether you enjoyed it or not. I'm just the messenger. was an epic fail on my part, in my humble opinion. And I'm going to try to correct that. And then I had a really big realization here recently that resulted in a me thinking about a lot of things and um, a whole bunch of things in my life making sense all at one time. So, um, first and foremost, the just the messenger. So I was trying to wrap everything up that I was thinking about or had drawing conclusions on whatnot. I was working stuff out in my head. <clears throat> um, basically, I can boil it down. I think pretty simply, um, the way you see yourself and, and who you believe you are will dictate your feelings. Your feelings will dictate your behavior. So your self-esteem or your ego, basically how you see yourself and how you see the world, which is a result of the life you've lived, um, all the good and the bad, past trauma and the good stuff, um, you know, how you see yourself will dictate what you have hard feelings about. If you see yourself as ugly um, and someone calls you ugly, you already believe you're ugly, they reinforce this negative idea of you that hurts your feelings and those hurt feelings are going to be relieved in some way um some sort of coping mechanism probably self-destructive so your self-esteem and the way you see yourself is critical to changing if you want to change your behavior you can't just change your behavior as your current self you have to see yourself differently you have to believe you are different in order to feel different, which will react, which will result in you acting different. So everybody's out there just trying to feel good. Um, and sometimes we do that in healthy ways, and sometimes we do that in unhealthy ways. And if you're doing it in an unhealthy way, you need to figure out what belief you have about yourself that's causing you to act in a self-destructive manner and get rid of that belief. Um, at the end of the day, how you see yourself is your choice. You are not who you think you are. No, you are exactly who you think you are. But you can choose 
what you think about yourself. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, but you can do it through self-talk. Um, there's all sorts of uh, there's all sorts of techniques. But at the end of the day, all of us as human beings are miracles, and we should see ourselves as miracles that deserve love, forgiveness, and compassion. And if we're not getting it, and we think we deserve it, or we believe we deserve it, then we're going to change whatever we need to in our lives until we do get it, which is a good thing. So, um, yeah, take a look at yourself. If you're not receiving the love that you believe you deserve or you know you deserve, everybody deserves it. Everybody. Even the best and the worst amongst us. Um, <clears throat> that was part of my this big realization I have when I realized that everybody's just operating almost as an avatar and their behavior is a result of the life they lived. And if you would live their life, you'd be doing the exact same thing, which is why you shouldn't judge anybody. They are just another version of yourself. It also makes you very, it makes it a lot easier to forgive people when you realize that hey, they're doing their best and what they did had nothing to do with you. They're projecting their own self-image and their image of the world onto you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. So that's how you don't take things personally. And that's how you're able to say, hey, I recognize you as a human being. And even though you did something shitty, that's part of being a human being is we all do shitty things. And if I had lived your life, I'd probably do the same thing. That's it in a nutshell. Um, another thing occurred to me about forgiveness and the duality of forgiveness, because on one hand, it's an unselfish act. And on one hand, it's a selfish act. So if you've done something shitty to somebody, I think the healthy way to process your guilt, and hopefully you feel guilty. If not, you're beyond my pay grade. You are a sociopath, and yeah, I don't know if you can be helped. But as long as you feel guilty about something you did bad, um, we got something to work with, and the healthy way to process that guilt is to recognize what you did, own it, think about what beliefs in yourself caused you to act in that manner, and then forgive yourself, and then work on changing that belief about yourself that caused you to do whatever you did. The second part of that is you need to go to the person, whoever you wronged, and ask them to forgive you. And this is where it's kind of a selfish component. Um, whether or not they forgive you or not is really not that important as long as you forgive yourself. However, um, having somebody else say, you know, yeah, you did something crappy to me. You've come to me with a sincere apology, and I forgive you. Um, on the surface, it seems like they're doing a unselfish thing. You know, they're 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 not acknowledging your or they're not accepting your behavior, <clears throat> but they are accepting you as a human being and they're saying, even though you fucked up, I love you anyway. Um, the selfish part of that is when you forgive somebody for something, you get to let go of all the shit that you're feeling related to their behavior. So the resentment, um, anger, all the negative emotions that come with somebody doing something shitty to them, to you, 
you get to let that go when you forgive them. So, yes, you're doing it for their benefit, but you're also doing it for your benefit. And that's why being able to forgive people is super important. Because if you can't, then you just stockpile those negative feelings. And those negative feelings are going to come out in some way in the form of your behavior. And it's probably not going to be good. So I hope that makes sense to everybody. Um, obviously, the the magnitude of whatever act that was done against you affects how easy it is to forgive somebody. So, you know, if somebody calls you a name or whatever, um, and they're one of your close friends and you recognize, hey, they're not their best self, but, you know, hey, I forgive you. It's okay. Don't worry about it. However, somebody very close and important to you and they do something against you or to you that's shitty, it can be really, really hard to forgive them because you don't want to let go of those feelings. And a lot of people think that forgiveness is saying what you did was okay. And that's not what forgiveness is. What forgiveness is, is I recognize you as a human being. We all fuck up. You fucked up. I love you anyway. And I'm going to let go of all this shit that I'm carrying around because of what you did to me. I think that's what I was trying to say in the last episode. And I got sidetracked. Um, for anybody out there that's thinking about doing a podcast, let me give you a word of advice. Um, you're probably not going to put on your best performance if you're intoxicated. Um, so I think I was drinking when I did it. And um, yeah, that can help. It can help loosen things up a little bit. But um, you reach to a certain point and you're obviously not going to think as clearly as you should, and you're not going to communicate as clearly as you should. So, yeah, my bad, y'all. I'm human. I fuck up. Hopefully, y'all will forgive me. The big realization I have was <clears throat> I realized that anybody I've ever had a connection with, like a true connection, friends, um, romantic partners, you name it. If I had a real connection with them, uh, they fit a certain personality profile. And I don't really know the words, the proper words in the English language to use, and there might not be any, but so I'm going to use the word addict because that's, it's got a negative connotation and it doesn't really need to, but I'm just telling y'all that's an imperfect word up front, but that's the best I got. So it's people with an addict mentality. And, um, a buddy of mine turned me on to a podcast of Rogan's here recently. I would encourage anybody that is an addict or has an addict mentality, meaning you like to do wild shit. Um, you really like to feel good. Most of your time and energy is spent making you make is spent making you feel good, and it may take extreme things to do that. The more extreme, the better you feel. Um, you know, lots of things are drugs. We call healthy drugs passions. Um, you know, one of mine for people that know me was running a charter boat in Alaska. It made me feel good. I was pretty good at it. I made other people happy because I was good at it. It's kind of a win-win. However, any passion, if taken too far, especially in the hands of an addict, can become an, can become an obsession. And obsessions aren't good. You end up 
uh, ignoring everything else in your life um, to do that one thing. And I was probably guilty of that to a certain degree. And uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was stuck with this realization that everybody that I had a connection with had this addict mentality. They weren't drug addicts, but they were addicted to something. There was something in, you know, they were basically wild, wild people. They did extreme shit. And I was like, why can't I be friends or have a relationship with or have any attraction to anybody that doesn't fall into this category? And I was confused and I was about to seek out a therapist, but I saved myself some money and called my best friend. And he was like, oh, that's easy. We're fun. <laughs> so I think there's a little bit more to it than that. But um, people with an addict mentality, they live on the extreme side of life. They are a lot of fun. They love to have fun. And, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to like them. Um, everybody likes them. Um, there's also a component where I don't feel like anybody without that does not possess it, that mentality, they cannot understand me. And I think to feel understood is obviously important. Um, so, you know, I like to hang out with people that I feel understand why I do the things I do and they love me anyway. So I hang out with a bunch of addicts. They may be addicted to hunting, fishing, skydiving. EDM, you name it, or if they get a hold of a narcotic that makes them feel good, they can become addicted to something that is obviously self-destructive. Um, as an addict or somebody with an addict mentality, you just got to be really careful. Pick your poison. And some of them are obvious no-brainers. Um, yeah, currently... The only addiction I have to some sort of substance is nicotine and, to a degree, alcohol. Um, nicotine's a clear one. Um, that shit owns me. I've used nicotine ever since I was 18. And cigarettes, dip, zen, pipes, chewing tobacco... Whatever form it comes in, um, vapes, anyway, um, I, as of yet, have not been able to quit permanently, successfully. Um, I've quit, I don't know, a handful of times for, say, several months, and uh, I'll end up doing some event, for an example, duck hunting, for whatever, I love to duck hunt, and... Part of the experience of duck hunting is having a dip in. So there's been times where, yeah, I quit dipping for maybe six months and then went to go duck hunting and, ah, what can it hurt? Let me grab a dip while I duck hunt. You know, I'm not addicted to it anymore. I'll be able to put it down again. It'll be easy. And once I take that first dip in short order, I am right back, if not worse, than before I quit. And um, so I know now the next time I quit, I can't, I, I can't just use it one time and walk away from it. So once I quit, I've got to be 
extremely vigilant. Um, I was reading, I'm reading a book right now called tweak and it's about a, and a guy who is addicted to methamphetamines and, um, it's a really, really fascinating book. The guy writes with an insane amount of honesty. The stuff that he admits to doing to get drugs and get money for drugs. And he he was like a straight-A student. He was an extremely high performer. And uh, he got a hold of meth. And it owned him for a long time. I'm not done with the book. But uh, one in, one really interesting part of the book where they were talking about the nature of addiction and they said addiction was a disease of amnesia meaning as an addict if you're abusing a substance like heroin or methamphetamines or cocaine um, at some point it destroys your life and you reach a bottom where you have to make a choice usually well it can your everybody's bottom is different but in, in the worst case scenario, your choice is you can either die or stop using. And um, so he reached that point a couple of times and then stopped. But as time goes by, it's like you forget about the suffering. And the only thing you remember is, you know, how good it made you feel. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, I can use again and your body your brain lies to yourself oh it'll be all right and uh yeah once he uses one more you know once he's clean but he uses again uh, he quickly spirals out of control and each time he relapses that spiral happens faster and faster and faster um i was talking with my best friend toby yesterday it actually interrupted this podcast his phone call, I edited it out, but, um, and I was telling him about nicotine and the crazy, some of the crazy parts of being addicted to a substance. And for me, like my nicotine use is at a pretty high level, actually, I mean, almost an insane level. However, if I think about quitting, if I'm contemplating, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to quit. Here we go. The urge to use more nicotine, just just thinking about quitting causes my brain to go, uh-uh, motherfucker. You're going to put in half a tin of dip and smoke 10 packs of cigarettes. Whereas if I don't, if I'm not thinking about quitting, I just accept the fact that, hey, this is, this is me. I'm going to use nicotine for the rest of my life. The urge to use goes way down. I mean, I still use, but it's just crazy that just thinking about quitting my brain will give me the urge to use it more to keep me from making that effort. The bad thing about nicotine is you really don't hit a bottom unless my lip falls off or I get lung cancer or whatever, but it's not a clear, a clear bottom. You know, you can function perfectly well as an adult being addicted to nicotine versus some other hard drug, which, <clears throat> you know, reaching your bottom usually, you know, that's what triggers you to stop. Um, I remember one time I did stop because I had something on my lip and it scared the shit out of me. And I thought I had mouth cancer Yeah, and immediately stopped using. And then it went away and I was like, yeah, false alarm. And I fell off the wagon again. Um, 
anyway, um, that book tweak, if, uh, it's a really fascinating read. Um, I, I don't really want to recommend it in one way because at the beginning of the book, he talks about his relapse and he uses it again and he does a really good job of describing how good this shit makes him feel. And for the wrong person, I was like, man, if I was like a recovered addict and I read this, I would want to go out and use like his description of how good that shit made him feel would probably cause me to use again. It probably caused me to fall off the wagon, but you got to hang in there and read the rest of it. And when he spirals out of control and just how low he goes, it is wild. Um, so highly recommend that book for anybody that's uh, an addict or has a addict mentality, meaning compulsive personality, and you like to do wild shit. Um, I can read the book, and there's a lot of parts of his, you know, he talks about his thought processes and the way his brain works, and it is like reading about myself. It was, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. And really, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're done here. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I don't, I don't know how long it is, but um, like I said, it's been a long time, and uh, it was it was time to jump back in the saddle. Also, just so y'all know, um, Lisbo the Lesbo, I believe me and her are gonna start a new podcast. Um, it's t- the title is gonna be Virtual Golden Showers, and we'll probably just tell a bunch of stories and. Um, well, we'll do whatever the hell we want to, and y'all can come along for the ride, but it should be a wild one. She has probably some of the best stories of anybody I have ever talked to. That girl gets down. So everybody have a wonderful day. And, uh, yeah, I love y'all. And, uh, oh yeah, I, I almost forgot to give you that Joe Rogan episode cause I got sidetracked. It's episode 1869, Dr. Gabber Mate, and it is hands down one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. It will blow your mind. So I highly recommend everybody check that out. Um, Yeah, I got a lot out of it, and I need to listen to it probably two or three more times. Again, everybody have a wonderful day, and and, uh, follow the advice of my stepfather who told me one day, I needed to get off the streets and do something positive with my life. (laughs) Anyway, I'm out. Y'all have a good one.